You're listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic with Dr. Heidi, a toxic relationship specialist. Here, we bring hope, healing, and freedom to those who have been affected by toxic relationships and emotional abuse. Learn to not only recognize a red flag when you see one, but have the courage to choose yourself and move forward in a life that's free from toxic control of others. Living in an environment that's not healthy for you can cause this type of abuse to be accepted as normal. The truth is, it's not normal. It's toxic. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Dr. Heidi. I realize you've been waiting for me because I've done almost a four-week sabbatical since the last podcast. Um, people in the Strength Within group are very aware of what was going on, but I ended up having a pretty serious rotator cuff surgery a couple weeks ago, so I have been on the mend and getting caught up since then. So there will be a new episode out in the next few upcoming days, but for today, I want to play a back-to-back of the two most popular episodes in 2019. These are also two of the biggest things that my clients deal with. So listen to two of the things that I bet you've been having questions about as well. Welcome back everybody. This is Dr. Heidi. I'm hoping that your week has treated you well. Mine has been busy, busy, which I feel like my life is busy, busy. Um, But I like it like that, I guess. If I didn't, I wouldn't do all the things that I do. Anyway, I can't believe it's November. I don't know where October went or September or August or July or the rest of 2019. But uh, November is one one of the months of the year that I love the best, but it's also one of the months that goes the fastest for me. Um, A couple reasons, I, for the last four years, have had my women's retreat in November, so that takes one whole weekend out, and that is coming up next weekend. Um, That has been uh, really fun to plan. Uh, We always have a theme, and we go through the whole weekend learning to better ourselves and love ourselves more, and self-acceptance, and a lot of the things that we tend to let go of when we're involved in toxic relationships, finding yourselves, what is your, what is your values? What types of things do you enjoy? What makes you happy? You know, a lot of times when we come out of a toxic environment, especially if it's a long-standing one, we're not really even sure who we are. So the Priority Me retreats are the retreats which I hold each November. And we use those as kind of a follow-up to the clients who've gone through the toxic relationship programs with me during the year. So I'm very excited about that. We have a lot of states being represented. I have a lot of people flying in for that retreat. I keep it small or I wouldn't call it a retreat. Uh, We have a lot of free time worked into it. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. So that's next week. Then I am actually taking off for Montana for the Thanksgiving holiday. I usually spend Um, Thanksgiving with my family in Montana, as I will do again this year. But when you take two weekends out of a month that has four four weeks, it makes your month pretty short. 
Not only that, then when you get back, you're already a week into December and Christmas is three weeks away. So as you all know, we're in November now and in five seconds or what feels like five seconds, it's going to be 2020. And we're going to be talking about writing new goals for the beginning of the year. Anyway, I am super thankful about the up and coming for 2020 because the Coaching with Dr. Heidi tour is happening. And that's something that I've wanted to do for a long time because I know in situations that you're in, you can't always get to me. So the team and I are planning on traveling into different cities across the country through 2020 or 2020. And um, so you are able to come to me and spend, I've got them formed as a one day workshop. So what I'm doing is I'm basically taking the 21 character traits of the toxic person. I am teaching all of that in a one day workshop so you can get the education and the knowledge you need if you are one that is questioning the behavior of somebody in your life, questioning the safety of your relationship, questioning about what your relationship is doing to you and if it is healthy for you. Knowledge is power. As soon as you understand why a toxic person does what they do, you will gain power. And so I educate because it was in education and it was in learning that I began to understand my situation. So the 2020 tour in uh, first stop is January 25th. We're going to be in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The national conference is the last weekend in March. That is going to be held in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, the next stop is going to be in San Francisco. That is on August 8th. If you've heard me say San Diego in previous podcasts, that's how busy I am. My staff had to tell me, we're not going to San Diego. We're going to San Francisco. And I was like, oh, yes. So I've been a little busy. So San Francisco on August 8th. And then October 10, we'll be in Denver, Colorado. And that is, again, for the character traits of the toxic person, the whole entire education portion of my program, bringing it to you so you can get to me. Um, we make it a one day instead of a two and a half day like the conference is because we understand not everybody can answer to having hotel costs or making arrangements or having the funds to get someplace and stay overnight for two nights. So we're changing it up a little bit for three of the locations. It's a one day. The conference is a two and a half day. That's right here in the St. Louis area where I'm located. Uh, if you're not in Strength Within, Strength Within is a support group that I have on Facebook. It is sponsored by myself and Coaching with Dr. Heidi. It is phenomenal. There are a lot of choices when you go to Facebook and you try to find support. This one is great. It is a group of very positive, very uplifting people who understand what you're going through. So if you have not joined the Strength Within support group, I strongly encourage it because I know and I am... Um, experienced in the fact that when you're going through a toxic relationship, you feel like you're the only one going through it. And when when you discover this group and you get support from some of the people in this group, you will realize there is a lot of people struggling with the same thing that you are. And it makes a huge difference in one, your mental clarity and one, keeping you focused on the goal and the situation at hand. Um, toxic relationships are crazy makers. They make us guess our, re or second guess our reality, second guess our perception, second guess our memory. And 
being stabilized within a group like that and have other people say, no, that's not what's going on, or this is why this is happening, or we're here to help, or we're just here to support, or we're thinking about you, or we're sending you good vibes, is sometimes enough to get somebody through one more day. And so if you're not in that, just search Strength Within. I encourage you, I am a stickler for positivity in that group. Uh, so read through the rules, answer the questions, and ask to join the group. That is a great place to be. The, um, I think I need to put my glasses on. Oh, the other opportunity I need to make sure that you guys are aware of, um, you know I'm an individual coach. I do group coaching, I do workshops, I do this podcast, I teach the character traits of the toxic person all over the place. Once in a while, when somebody takes the toxicity profile analysis, they want more of an explanation. Or if somebody is going through something that is high stress, they need somebody to talk to. You are able to book a session with me without doing a program. And I want to make sure that you guys know that you can go to the website, coachingwithdrheidi.com, and go to the side, scroll down, and it says schedule a consultation. It's the same thing as a session, so don't feel like it's a consultation for the program if you are just wanting to book one session at a time with me. Um, that is a first come, first serve as far as the openings in my schedule. But just so you know, that is an option if you've got something or one thing or a particular thing that you need to go over and you just need a little bit of advice or maybe just a little bit of direction. So today I wanted to talk about something that I'm certain everyone who has been involved in toxic relationships at one point or another has dealt with. And um, when, I, when I teach, I teach um, not from the outside looking in. I teach from the inside looking out. I teach you what you're feeling. I teach you where you are. I teach you where I used to be. I'm standing in the middle of it with you, teaching you exactly what's going on when this is happening, why this is happening, how come this is happening, what are the reasons for this, what are the goals here, what are they trying to accomplish by doing this. And one of the things that I know I was um, fell victim to, and I know a lot of you other people do, is the silent treatment. And I have about an hour presentation that I could talk all the way up to explaining the silent treatment. But today on this, I just want to give a few tips of why the silent treatment happens and maybe a little insight on what you're supposed to do about it. So in laying a little bit of groundwork, uh, toxic people do not enter into a verbal conversation with most people. They enter into a verbal competition and they have a um, plan on winning that verbal competition. So a lot of times if the conversation does not go the way they want it to or they are getting um, confronted with something that they don't like or their behaviors are in question or there's an uncomfortable situation, a lot of times what they'll do is they'll try many different ways to try and distract you within that conversation. And if you are not distracted and you can stay focused enough to keep the conversation going long enough and they decide that they've been caught or that they're gonna have to take the blame or they're gonna have to take responsibility or you have the facts, last ditch effort is to stop talking about it. And how they stop talking about it is they simply say, I'm done talking about it. We're not talking about this again. And from that point on, if you continue to talk about it, they will continue to ignore you. So what this does 
in a situation where you're trying to resolve something or you're trying to communicate something and they quit talking, immediately it puts you on a, into a panic mode. Well, you thought we were having a good conversation and you thought you were getting somewhere and you thought that maybe just one time you were going to make them understand and then all of a sudden they shut it off and they refuse to talk about it. Now not only are you back to square one in the conversation, now you're feeling like you said something wrong. You shouldn't have ever brought it up. Maybe you were wrong in the first place, right? So if we go back to the four needs of a toxic person, which is control, power, attention, and admiration, what does the silent treatment do every single time? It gets your attention on them. If they're not talking to you, where is your attention going? Straight to them. Why are they not talking to me? What did I do wrong? Should I apologize? Now there's so much tension in the air. What am I going to do? And, and you're frantically trying to figure out how to get the silent treatment to end. So toxic people don't care if the attention is positive or negative. If you are the one who are there wanting to control, all they want is attention. And if it's negative and it's induced by the silent treatment, they're totally okay with that. But, but they do know that your mind will continually stay on why they're not talking to you until you've had enough of it. It makes you feel like you must apologize or you must fix something because clearly they're mad or clearly they're upset. And if they're upset, you must have done something wrong because that's what they've always told you. So they, they pull the silent card and you immediately go into, okay, maybe I took this too far or maybe I was overreacting or maybe I am too sensitive. And you start bringing stuff down on yourself because now you need to fix the fact that they are no longer communicating with you. And they have achieved everything they want in now they've got your full attention. It makes the entire life that surrounds them and the toxic environment based on them. It makes everybody in their life very tense when there's silent treatment. You know, nobody likes to live in tension to begin with, but living in tension and silence is twice as bad. Toxic people like to use the silent treatment when they don't want to talk about something. So if you have questioned their behavior or called them out on something like hurting your feelings or, um, you know, confronted them with something, if they don't want to talk about it, all they have to do is stop talking. And what that does is it immediately puts you on the defense and gives them permission to get away with whatever it was that the subject matter was about. One of the other sad things that they use the silent treatment for is if they ignore you, they know that you're going to be A, trying to figure out why they're ignoring you, B, trying to figure out what you've done wrong to make them mad, C, trying to figure out how you can fix it and how you're going to apologize just to get this high tension gone, right? Well, Sometimes they'll pull the silent treatment. So you're doing all of this that we just talked about while they're out doing whatever it is they want. They pull the silent treatment on you. You're very aware they're giving you the silent treatment. They can leave. They can go out and do whatever it is they want. Hang out with whoever it is they want. You know, be in places they shouldn't be. Talking to people they shouldn't, shouldn't be talking to. Anything that they want they can get away with when they're giving you the silent treatment. 
It's not that you don't think, I wonder what they're doing, but all you can think of is I caused the silent treatment. I have to fix it. I need to apologize. I need to really get a grip on how I'm going to communicate with them. They know exactly what they're doing. They know exactly that if they give you the silent treatment, you're going to be upset. You're going to try and fix it. And they've got a good six hours to go do whatever it is they want or three weeks. You know, silent treatments can last a long time. And what happens in the end is it is so stressful to have to live with the silent treatment that what do we do? We end up calling, texting, apologizing, and only to get the silent treatment in return. I remember one time I, I was in a panic and I think I text 90 times. So because I was trying to fix it, I was trying to make things better. I was trying to apologize. I was trying to communicate. I was trying to understand the reason for the silent treatment. And in the end, the silent treatment was instilled on me so he could go do whatever it was he wanted, not feel obligated to answer the phone because he was giving me the silent treatment and it was very apparent. And then in the very end, I was called the crazy one because I was frantically trying to get a hold of him to fix what was surrounding the silent treatment so the silent treatment would go away. So in that little scenario, not only did he get to do everything he wanted, my attention was on him when it should have been on something else and something productive. And at the end of the day, I was the crazy frantic one that kept calling and texting. So even though, even though they don't necessarily set it up like that, everything falls into place so they're allowed to do what they want while your attention is on them. Whatever, usually in my experience, how the silent treatment ends is we end up apologizing. We do whatever we can to end the silent treatment, including apologizing, which usually the first apology doesn't count. You didn't do it right, or you're only apologizing so they'll talk to you, or you weren't sincere about it. So you don't only apologize once. You fall to your knees and apologize 15 times to make them see how sorry you are and please start talking to me again. But we apologize, we agree with them, we will remind ourselves that we overreacted and we'll tell them, yes, I know I overreacted. We will take responsibility for them giving us the silent treatment just to have the silent treatment end. So the silent treatment in itself is a tactic that they use to gain control, to get your attention, to be able to be allowed to do whatever they want without any responsibility and then come back and you're so thankful that they came back and now they're talking that you let the entire episode slide like it never happened. So they know that next time they want to go out and do something or they're not getting exactly what they want. If they give you the silent treatment, the same exact cycle will happen. You will sit, try to figure out what you've done wrong, try to decipher it, try to make, make meaning of it, overthink it to death. Meanwhile, they're doing whatever they want to do or they're getting you to, they're convincing you that whatever it is that they want, they're going to get. And then when the silent treatment ends, it was your fault for inducing the silent treatment in the first place and you're the one apologizing and making amends. So how backwards is that? I know that when clients come to me and they, they want to know why does a toxic person do this? Why does a toxic person do that? And I explain it just like I've just explained the silent treatment. 
They never ask me the question again because once you know it, you get it. And the next time you get the silent treatment, you're going to go, okay, here's the trick. What do they want so badly that they're giving the silent treatment to me? It's either they're covering up for bad behavior and they don't want to talk about it. They have bad behavior or something secretive going on that they want to do, distract you from. See, they want attention. They want control. Those are the four reasons for the silent treatment. It's to get them what they want regardless of what you want, how you feel, or the part that you play in it. And at the end of the day, the silent treatment will be your fault. You will apologize for it. You will take responsibility for it and they will be excused of all of their bad behavior. So I know it's easy for, for me to sit here and explain it like I've known it my whole life. I didn't know it my whole life. You know, I look back on certain situations in my former relationship and I'm like, how in the world did I miss that? But the difference between me talking about it and you listening is the fact that I understand it now. I understand the toxic person like the back of my hand. I can almost tell you what their next move is. I can tell you why they're doing what, they're, what they are doing, what they're after, why they're looking for it. And at the end of the day, they all function the same. And I know, you know, I stem from an intimate type of relationship, but I had toxic friendships. I've had toxic work environments. I've had toxicity just like the rest of you. And I know not all of you that listen to this podcast are, are having a toxic, intimate relationship. I have a lot of people in here who have toxic family members. And toxic family members are tough because not only do you try to sustain the family, you try to keep everybody out of conflict. You know, so when I'm explaining to you, it, it seems like it's easy for me to understand, but someday it's going to be very easy for you to understand too. So I say this every time, keep learning. Teaching you is the reason I do what I do. Teaching you is the reason I'm taking my coaching on the road. Teaching you is the reason I'm getting set up to do online classes and why I've got the online program so that you understand it because understanding it is your freedom. Your power comes from understanding. So now, if anybody has any more questions on the silent treatment, or if anybody gets the silent treatment this week, come back and listen to this episode, and you'll understand exactly why they're doing it. And that being said, they want a reaction. They want your attention. So if they're going to give you the silent treatment, my recommendation is get busy. Stay busy. Get your attention on something else. Because giving them your attention is going to give them exactly what they're looking for. And meanwhile, your attention's on them and their attention is definitely not on you. It's off doing something else that they probably shouldn't be doing. And the next recommendation is if you get the silent treatment this weekend, enjoy the silence. Like for once, they're not fighting. They're not causing conflict. They're not criticizing you. They're not comparing you. They're not belittling you. They're not talking down to you. It's easier said than done, I know. But... Turn the tables, enjoy the silence, take a little break. If it's not, if, if your gut tells you it's not your fault, don't convince yourself that the silent treatment is your fault. If you have facts to back up bad behavior, don't let the silent treatment convince you that those facts aren't true. If you can't stand the tension, occupy your time because 
apologizing and accepting responsibility for the silent treatment is not fair to you. The silent treatment is tough because it makes us feel unaccepted, it makes us feel unloved, and it makes us feel unworthy. And a toxic person knows that. And they know that if they could hit it just right, we'll apologize, we'll take responsibility, and they'll be able to get or do whatever it is that they want. That was a great question. That question actually came in through the website. Um, a lady was having an incident with the silent treatment and wanted to know a little bit more about it. So I hope that helps. Um, I could probably, you know, continue talking about it, but it would just be repeating the same thing. So if you've experienced the silent treatment, I hope that this helps you out a little bit in the reasons why a toxic person would instill the silent treatment on you. Hello everybody, this is Dr. Heidi. Welcome back to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic, Rid Your Life of Toxic People. I am so glad you're here today. I'll tell you, my morning was one of the most embarrassingly unproductive mornings I've had in a while. I am pretty regimented. I'm pretty scheduled. I write things down. I know what I have to do in the day. And this morning, from the time I got up till right now, nothing has really been working out according to schedule. And I think that's funny because we're not supposed to have everything scheduled, right? I operate better on a schedule, but you know, what in my life has gone as planned, right? Oh, nothing. And so I think it's funny, even though it irritates me when I have days like this, because I'm like, it just goes to show that, you know, I can schedule and I can plan and I can organize and I can make lists and I can, you know, get everything on my calendar. And there's just days that there's not a thing in my control. And today was one of those. And it's kind of making me laugh because the stuff that's got me irritated really has no bearing on my life. Like it's little stuff. It's, you know, traffic and waiting in line and just stuff that was holding me up. And so I think it's funny that I was irritated. And now as I'm sitting here talking about it, I'm like, you couldn't have controlled any of that anyway. So quit trying to control the things you can't control. And I say that a lot on the podcast. You know, we have to decide what we can control and what we can't control and let the things that we can't control go. Because if you're listening to this podcast, you've got people in your life that you can't control, even though we hope that they change and we want to control them and we want to try and make things better and make them treat us right and make them be nice. And at the end of the day, you're left standing in a line, you're stuck in traffic like I was today and just sitting there going, oh yeah, it's because there's a lot of stuff in my life that I have zero control over. So let it go. So that was my morning. So I'm glad to be here sitting down, talking to you guys. Clearly, you guys are my safe place. Um, a couple things. I've had a lot of people messaging me um, over this last week about, you know, all of the services that I do. And I have gone over my services um, in pod previous podcasts. But um, I, I have the podcast. I have the Strength Within support group on Facebook, which is just an online support group. It's very positive. If you're not in there, that's great. Um, my website has the rest of my services on it. But the one thing I think that maybe people don't realize that I do is I do private guidance and private coaching. And maybe I'm going to throw out who, 
who I do that for and what type of um, people come to me for that because maybe that's something that you've been looking for that you never realized that I did because uh, you see me you know I'm I'm bopping here and I'm bopping there and I'm doing the podcast and then I'm you know I'm a chiropractor so I'm in the office part of the time and and so maybe people miss this part but this is um, one of my favorite parts of what I do and it's the private coaching now what I do in the private sessions are Teach the character traits of the toxic person because as you know, if you're in a toxic relationship, chances are you have the type of personality that is attracting toxic people. So I teach the character traits backwards and forwards so that there is no doubt in my mind that when this client is finished working with me, you will not repeat the cycle and step into another unhealthy spot whether it's an unhealthy intimate relationship, into an unhealthy workplace, into an unhealthy friendship, I want to make sure that overall, in all the relationships in your life, you are able to spot the red flags. And then on top of it, make the choice to choose yourself. Because getting and staying out of toxic relationships is a two-step process. It is recognizing it and choosing yourself. You can't do one without the other and expect to get out. So that's the big, that's the first part that I do. The second part that I do is self-discovery. What is it that you want out of your life? What makes you happy? You know, what have you always wanted to do, but everything or toxic people have been in your way. And we do a lot of rebuilding and really digging down and finding who you are and what direction you want to go. So basically the people that are using me for private sessions are a variety of different type of people. People who have got stuck in their life, stuck in a toxic relationship, and are having trouble moving forward. And many times it's somebody that's been in a marriage or been in a work environment or been in a friendship for a long period of time that it's become so normal they don't recognize that it might be unhealthy. So they come to me going, well, this happens and this happens, but I don't know that that's unhealthy. And so those type of people I educate. And as I start teaching them, this is what the toxic people do and this is why they do it. Many times what happens is they start realizing just how toxic their environment is. And that being said, usually what happens with a client who I work that closely with, they very quickly want to make forward motion. As soon as they understand it, they want to move forward. Now they get it. Now they understand it. Now they're done with it. Now let's go. So I take people who are working with me privately all the way through that process, step by step. So if you've decided to leave a toxic relationship or you know you have to break off a toxic friendship or there's family members you have to cut off, you at least know that I'm there holding your hand and it's going to be okay because when you try to do it yourself, it's very overwhelming because of the guilt and the obligation and the sense of what are people going to think that goes with it. And if, if you have me standing there or the clients that I work with have me standing there going, no, it's totally okay. No, we're not going to do it that way. We're going to do it this way this time because they expect you to do it this way. You know, toxic people have you trained and they just want you to stay in that rep. Well, when Dr. Heidi steps in and throws a little curveball in their plan, it happens just like what happened to me this morning. They get all flustered, they lose a little bit of control, and that's where you get your power back. So that's one type of client that's coming to me. I also have um, certain type of clients that are coming that are have realized what they were in, have moved out of it, but then have found themselves repeating or attracting the same type of person. Okay, those are the people that I, again, teach the character traits so that you know how to spot them from the outside looking in. 
Because what happens is we invest and we're already all the way in before we realize, oh, maybe this wasn't good. So we kind of do it from the outside. We do it from the opposite way we normally do it. Um, I have clientele that have come to me who have had to cut off family members. That is very painful. If it's somebody you're obligated to, especially if it's a parent, cutting off a toxic parent is one of the most painful things I see people go through because you still want to, at no matter what age, have your parent approve of you and have your parent love you and have just know that you were good enough for your parent. And so walking an adult, especially through that path to cut off a parent who's been unhealthy for them for their whole entire life is very difficult. And it really helps people to have somebody that can just be there with them who understands the tactics that the toxic person is using while you're trying to remove yourself. So if you are in any of those type of situations, that is something that people like to use my services for, or people that are out and just really have trouble moving forward. You know, a lot of times I can tell you why you're having trouble moving forward. And a lot of times it's because of the triggers of the past relationships that are holding you back. So the people who use me as a private session type coach, it's very, it's intense. And you know, walking out of a toxic relationship is overwhelming. Everything is huge. Everything seems impossible. It seems way too hard. And so I'm here to kind of make, make that feel not so hard and not so lonely and not so impossible. Because if we can climb the hill together, when you get to the top, all you see is your future. And the people that you've left down here at the bottom, they don't really matter. Not that you don't love them. Not that you didn't invest part of your life with them. But as far as your future and your well-being and your health moving forward, you don't look backwards. So for those of you who didn't realize that that's part of the services that I do, um, I do private coaching and there, there is an application process on the, I think there's one on the website. If not, just schedule a consultation with me and you can do that on the website also. Um, and we can kind of talk about, you know, if, if you would be a candidate for my private coaching. That being said, also on the website, the number of toxicity profile analysis that are coming through in the last couple of weeks is a lot. So I don't know if just people are just realizing that it's there or if because of the podcast numbers, more people are taking it. But the toxicity profile analysis is a quiz on my website that kind of gives you an idea of how your life may be affected by the toxic traits of others either in your life now or, or that were in your life in the past. And it gives you a mild, moderate, or severe. So if you're in a spot where you're like, well, I don't know if this was toxic, or maybe the, I don't know if this was unhealthy, the toxicity profile analysis is just a good place to start. Um, you take it, you get a result, but I get results also, and the results I get are different. The results I get basically tell me exactly why, what type of personality you're dealing with. Um, a lot of people after that want to schedule a session with me just for me to go over and to kind of dig deeper into the into the toxicity profile analysis to help them better understand. Uh, not everybody then moves to coaching, obviously, but just sometimes just having the one session with me to explain the TPA helps people go, oh, so it is what I thought it was, even though everybody's been telling me it's not so bad, or at least the toxic person has been telling me it's not so bad. So if you haven't taken that, it's kind of an eye opener. It's, it's not a fun test to take because there's no happy questions on it. But that's another way for you to kind of just validate the fact that, that you know there's been something wrong and you can't put your finger on it. The only other thing I want to announce today is the 2022 -er. 
Uh, the tickets are available on Eventbrite. You can go to the website. You can go to my Facebook page. Um, January is in Pittsburgh. The National Conference is in St. Louis the last week of March. We'll be in San Diego on the 8th of August, and we'll be in Denver, Colorado on the 10th of October. The reason I am moving my team to you is because I understand there's many of you in situations that you can't get to me. You need the information, but you can't justify traveling. You can't justify a hotel room. You can't justify the expense or the time being gone. How do you explain that if you are in a toxic relationship? I get it. So this upcoming year, we are trying to get closer to people throughout the year. So it's not so hard for you to get the information that you need on the character traits of the toxic person and how to recognize and understand the situation that you're in. So you can find those. If you can't find where to purchase the tickets, you know how to find me. So that being said, um, we have had a lot of people add to the Strength Within support group, and a lot of them are struggling with some of the same issues. So I'm going to talk about a couple of those today, and one of the things I want to talk about is the reason that no contact is so necessary. And if you can't go no contact because of children or because of work situations or for a situation that just doesn't allow you to cut them off immediately. You have to do as no contact as possible. And there's a few reasons for no, there's probably a thousand reasons for no contact. But when people leave a situation, they feel bad, they feel guilty. So we're pretty sure that just a little bit of contact is going to be okay. Because when we first leave, we feel really strong about it. No, I'm never going back. I've got this. They're never going to talk me into this again. I've learned my lesson. But the the thing that you need to realize with toxic people, you know, they lose you, but they're not feeling the loss of you. They're feeling the loss of control. So they want to stay in contact because all they really need to know is that they've got you back in their control. So we're not saying cut people off and go no contact because you need to be mean and you need to make a point. You need to cut people off or go as no contact as you can because toxic people want contact. When they have contact with you, whether it's positive or negative, they don't care which one, they can still affect your emotions. And remember, toxic people need control, power, attention, and admiration. So when they can affect you and make you react emotionally, they know they're still in control. And because we are emotional people and they've trained us to react a certain way, as long as they have contact with us, they can almost get to us. And the the thing about it is they know that. So you have to be very careful once you decide to remove yourself to also remove yourself from contact with them. Just a few texts is still very dangerous. Just 30 seconds on the phone is still dangerous. Just let's just meet up for a cup of coffee and talk is still very dangerous for you. Reason is they've done it before. They will do it again. They will exhaust you through constant contact and wear you down until you are right back where you were to begin with. So when we say no contact, that does not mean you block them on your phone, but you don't block them on Facebook and you don't block them on Instagram and you don't block them on your email. When we say no contact, it means block, 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 and change your locks or whatever it takes to keep them 100% out of your life. And again, I know there's certain situations that we can't do that. So uh, there's exceptions to that. And if I have time, I'll talk about those. But the biggest reason for no contact is because they are emotional controllers. 
That's what they do. They manipulate, and if they can just wiggle in a little bit for a 30-second conversation, they will somehow make you feel guilty, make you feel obligated, make you feel like you're losing something, and you'll be right back into a full-blown conversation. So that's one of the reasons. The other reason is this is the hardest thing to wrap your head around, but what we don't know doesn't hurt us. Okay, a lot of times clients will say, well, I don't, I don't think there's been any infidelity in the relationship or I don't think that there's been any, anything that they have lied about. Well, then as you start discovering things and you start understanding what gaslighting is and you start doing a little digging around, you find out that, uh, yeah, they were lying and yeah, they were unfaithful and yeah, this was all going on right under your nose. Okay, so Even though you still feel like you need to be the detective of the century and find out all this information so you can validate and justify why you're leaving them, you really don't need to do that. Because if you think back over the relationship, if you've decided it's toxic, you already know there is plenty validation, even if the toxic person denies it. Just because they deny it doesn't mean it happened. But for some reason, we let toxic people convince us that things aren't true. And if they deny it long enough, we'll forget about it also. So when you're going no contact, part of the reason we go no contact is because what we don't know doesn't hurt us. And the first thing I hear is, um, well, it was all over Facebook that they're out with somebody else. Okay, that is a tactic of a toxic person to try to make you feel jealous to make you feel like you're losing something, to make you feel like you've just lost the best thing that ever happened to you and now somebody else has got them. Okay, that is, none of that is true. That is a tactic they use so you will see it on Facebook. So then you will come back wondering why this person is better than you or why they never took you out to that place or what is the matter with you and why they just can't be with you. They know that if they post that on social media, you will be at their door on their phone or on their texter wondering or being mad or begging. It's, it's all an act to get you to call them back. So if, for instance, if you never saw those pictures, you wouldn't know it was happening and you would be able to avoid that particular tactic. Okay. They want you to feel guilty. You know, they'll talk bad about you and all the bad things you did. And then you start questioning, well, maybe I was mean. Maybe I am the toxic person. Maybe I should give them another chance. So they throw all that stuff out there to friends and family and they market themselves like the best person and the victim and hope it gets back to you, right? And with social media nowadays, everything gets back to you, right? Plus, we have these friends that when you're going through a divorce or you're going through a breakup or there's been a fight in a friend circle or a social circle or there's a mess at work, We have this certain amount of people in our life that think we need to know what's going on, right? They think we want to know. And chances are, if we didn't know, it wouldn't affect us. But as soon as we know about it, we're mad, we're upset, they're ruining our day, we're having a panic attack, the anxiety level's gone through the roof. Whereas if you didn't know it, you would have had a fine day. So you are also allowed to tell these people in your life that really feel like you're going to want information. You're going to want the gossip. You're going to want the goods. You can tell them, you know, I don't, I don't need to know all this. So I would really appreciate it if, you know, I'm, I'm struggling right now and I don't need to know everything that's going on. So, 
So no matter what you hear, unless it's detrimental to my life or my safety, can you just keep it to yourself? Because it's not helping me out at all. You're allowed to do that. But it's the toxic person's tactic to try and get information to you through other people. So that is another reason why no contact and blocking and removing yourself sometimes from social circles for a while. Sometimes you, you have to go into hibernation, which also doesn't seem fair because why am I the one in hibernation when all of this stuff happened to me, right? But it's protecting yourself because they fully expect that they will be able to suck you back in. The other thing that no contact does is it keeps us from the programmed reaction that they want. If you've been in a toxic environment for a while, they have programmed you to react. They want a reaction because when they get a reaction, they know they're controlling you. So if there's no contact, they can't provoke that trained reaction from you. And then you have time to heal and you have time to learn not to, re not to react. And you have time to realize that what's the worst thing that can happen? They'll get mad? Really? They're mad all the time anyway. So what difference does it make? But giving you that little amount of time keeps you from going through that immediate reaction response that they have you programmed to go through. And, and you know their validation in you getting mad, you crying, you yelling, you talking badly about them, you marching into a public place and, you know, causing a scene. Those are the reactions they want because if they can cause you to do that, they know they're back in control. So if you're no contact and you don't know they're provoking these reactions, you're not going to give them a reaction. But if you can see their social media page or you've got them texting you or they're allowed to email you and you continue to read it and still soak up all this information, you're going to react like you've always reacted. And when you do that, they know that they're still in control. So that's another reason that no contact is imperative if you've actually made the decision that it's, it's half past quarter till. No contact must go with half past quarter till. The other thing that no contact does is it helps us avoid the hovering. And if you go back to some of my early episodes, and I could probably redo it, and I could probably redo it better now, but hoovering is a tactic that toxic people use to suck you back in, but then continue to treat you like dirt. And it was named after the Hoover vacuum, okay? And when you leave or you remove yourself from a toxic environment, they will start hoovering. And what hoovering is, is, is they go through every personality, every emotion, everything that they can think of until they get one that you respond to, which first they'll be mad, then they'll be sad, then they'll play the victim, then they'll, they'll say they're so in love with you and they've decided to go to counseling or they want to work it out or they want to go talk to the manager to fix it or let's get a mediator. Um, they'll go through all of that. They, they try everything until either they exhaust you and you say, okay, fine, or they find one thing that hits a nerve. I mean, if you can't stand to see them cry, they're going to try that. If you're scared of them when they're mad, they're going to try that. If they've always promised you a, a wedding ring or an engagement ring, they're going to try that. If you've begged for them to go to counseling and they never would, they're going to try that. So if you're no contact, you can avoid all of that because what happens once the hoovering starts is you do nothing but exhaust yourself. Because for one thing, they go from happy to sad to mad, and you can't keep up with those emotions. That is 
part of their tactic also. If they can stay very inconsistent and keep you guessing all the time what's going to happen next, they'll catch you off guard and something will trip you up and we'll get a reaction. The biggest thing for me is why no contact is so important is because you get a little silence. You get a little silence, you get a little peace, you get a little calmness in your life. You get to know what it feels like to not have to jump the minute somebody says jump. You get a feeling of what it's like to take care of yourself and not worry so much about if everybody else is happy. You can quit lighting yourself on fire to keep other people warm. You know, you can take your time to take the care of yourself that you need. Because once you feel and, and embrace the feeling of peace, you will not want to go back to feeling chaotic. Now, it's, that's easy for me to say. That, if you ask anybody who's left a toxic relationship, is very hard to do. Why? Toxic people are addicted to drama and they thrive on chaos. Because if they can keep the people around them continually guessing and everything chaotic and everything up in the air, they can control that. They can be unpredictable. They can be inconsistent. And the people around them learn to adapt. So one of the hardest things with going no contact is the fact that if you've been in a toxic relationship for a while, it's very, very difficult for you to function in calm because calm feels uncomfortable. So the minute you start feeling calm, you think, oh, I'm starting to get a little bit agity because, by the way, agity is a Dr. Heidi word. I don't think it's a real word, but I've used it all the time. So agity is the act of being agitated, I guess. Um, but you start feeling agitated because nothing's going on and something always used to be going on. There was always something stirring. There was always walking on eggshells. Something was going to happen. The other shoe was going to drop. The bottom was going to fall out. Something. And when you adopt peace, that's very different and it's very uncomfortable. So you have to realize that when you go no contact, you are going to go through some very uncomfortable moments. Um, you might feel like you don't fit into places. You might feel like you don't fit into certain friend groups because if they're calm, it's going to feel very weird to you and they're going to feel boring. So you have to train yourself that you don't have to stay in the chaos. Chaos is part of the, the whole entire ball of wax that comes with a toxic person because they, they like the chaos. The chaos keeps them in control if they can keep everybody running around and, you know, kind of jumping. So the no contact, you have to have that so you can experience peace. But the steps that you have to take to move through that are uncomfortable because you're not used to living in peace. So that's one of the reasons I love it when people go no contact, because even though it's difficult, it's that uncomfortable out of your comfort zone that you have to push yourself through. And in the meantime, you have to learn who you are. In that time of no contact, enjoy the silence and learn who you are. Because when you are in a toxic relationship, you take on the identity of whatever you are in that relationship. If you're a wife, if you're a mom, if you're a child, if you're a girlfriend, if you're a friend, if you're a boyfriend, if you're a husband, if you're a coworker, you take on that identity and that's the only identity you know. So when you're sitting in the silence of no contact, who are you? You have no idea. Because now you're not the wife, you're not the husband, you're not the mom, you're not the girlfriend, you're not any of those. So now what are you? 
Well, toxic people are identity thieves. They steal your identity. They, they steal your values. They steal your self-worth. They steal your dreams. They belittle anything you've ever wanted to be so that your identity goes away. Shoot, some of them even tell you what to wear and how to wear your hair and what color to paint your fingernails. So you need to have the time of no contact to figure that out. Now, just a minute ago at the beginning, I was kind of talking about the second part that I walk my private clients through. It's that part. Like, what are your hobbies? I don't know. You know, what's your favorite color? I don't know. She always liked me in red. Okay. Do you like red? No, not really. So it's that sitting in silence where, where we dig into who you are and what, you know, what do you stand for? You've been standing in the truth of this toxic person's values the whole time you were in the relationship with them. But what about you? What do you value? What do you think is important? You know, what is, what makes you happy? What makes you tick? What makes your, you know, your life feel like you're fulfilled? And 99% of my clients will come into the coaching program going, I have no clue. So when we go through that, I, I encouraged very little contact. And, you know, if you have kids or you have a situation where you have to have some contact, you, you do the best you can to use one word answers. You don't use any emotion when you are in contact with this toxic person. Yes, no, thumbs up, thumbs down. You know, whatever emoji works for that is good because there's no emotion in that. And remember, the toxic person is an emotional controller. So you have to communicate with no emotion if you have to communicate. And if it's about kids, you only communicate about the kids. Now, when you do, they will obviously throw something back in your face and try and pick a fight because they are always going to be trying to instill emotion back into the conversation because as soon as there's emotion in it, they got you and they know it. So if you do have to be in contact, use no emotion. If you're writing emails, don't write their name at the top and don't sign it with your name. It's just basically a paragraph and it's facts and times and the information they need to be a co-parent with you, you know, and if it's parents and siblings and you have to stay in contact, you, you do the same thing. We call it gray rock. It's being very boring. You talk about things that don't have emotion, the weather, you know, facts is all, but, but you have to be very careful to stay away from the conversations that have emotion because they will try to bait you into those type of conversations because once you can throw emotions in and they can start accusing you of stuff or blaming you for stuff, you're immediately going to get defensive, which immediately puts you in an emotional state, which immediately makes them realize, ha, I can still control it. So it's this type of stuff that I do with people that are private clients because so-and-so sends a message. You're going to respond the same way you always do. You're going to defend yourself. You're going to tit for tat back. You're going to throw it back in their face. And you've just started a verbal competition, which is exactly what a toxic person wants. Because a toxic person will win a verbal competition no matter the cost. So what my clients will do is they will say, I just got this message. How should I respond? Because if you're trained to respond a certain way, you need to retrain yourself. So we come up with an answer that doesn't have any emotion in it that answers the question if it's a question that needs to be answered. 
you have to realize that toxic people will reach out and ask questions that don't even need to be answered. They just want contact. So they'll ask you something, but you're programmed that if I don't answer, they're going to be mad. So you feel like you should answer. And a lot of times I'll say, that doesn't require an answer. Is that a life or death anything? Is that something they really need to know? And if, and if it's something they really don't need to know, I start helping my people program. I said my people, like, like I keep them all, like they're all mine. <laughs> um, my clients program back to, I don't have to answer that. They're baiting me into trying to start a conversation. So, so it's just, if you've been in a toxic relationship, you have been programmed to react so that they know they're in control. It's just a matter of reprogramming. You learned it once, one way, you can learn it again, a different way. But the point that I want to get across today is I know no contact is hard. I know as a good person, you feel guilty cutting people off. I know if it's been in a relationship you've invested in, you feel bad because you've invested in it and now it's just fizzled out to nothing. If now they've moved on so quickly, that makes you feel worse about yourself, which makes you want to reach back out. But all of that stuff doesn't get you to where you need to be. No contact helps you keep your eye on the goal. If the goal is getting the toxic person out of your life, then contact with them is not focusing on the goal. And that's the importance of no contact. It's not, oh, just one cup of coffee or just one text back or just one, you know, little conversation. All they need is one and they'll get you. And, and I mean, you can ask me, you can ask any of my, I went back five times and it was always because I thought I'm strong enough. I can handle this. I can do it. It's not going to be the same. And it only took two weeks and it was back to exactly the same. So when I say no contact, I know if you're sitting there going, oh, that's so hard. I can't do that. And it seems so extreme. It's only extreme if you let it be. You have to remember what your goal is. Because usually how people see it after moving through my programs or after going through the conference or after walking through a toxic relationship, they realize that a toxic person in their life at any level is not good for them. But you don't know that unless they're out of your life for a while. And no contact is the only way you can do it. And no contact is one of the hardest things you will ever do. But it can be done and it's what's going to give you your power back. And it's also what is going to make you grow into you and the person that you need to be. So in moving forward in choosing your relationships, you're going to choose entirely different people. And you're going to start attracting people and friends and coworkers that really, really are good and healthy for you. And that's what you want. So the little bit of pain that you have to go through with no contact or very little contact, I promise is going to be worth it in the end. So if you're contemplating one cup of coffee or one text back or one phone conversation, I want you to rethink that. Thank you for listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic. If your life is being affected by a toxic relationship, visit coachingwithdrheidi.com and take our free toxicity profile analysis or schedule a personalized consultation with Dr. Heidi. You can also follow us on Instagram at coachingwithdrheidi or join our private Facebook group at Strength Within.
Take your first step to freedom today. And remember, it's not normal, it's toxic. Oh, 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 oh,